1: To drop in the gloves with former NHL All Star John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash.
0: is going on everybody welcome to another episode of dropping the gloves we are here tim
1: how are you doing my friend oh i'm good john how was your weekend
0: it was really good good weekend nice weekend kids and i you know gosh i can't remember what we did but i know it was good we had a graduation party we did some stuff there we played in the water it was fun nice weekend what about you
1: yeah yeah nice weekend low-key a lot of time with uh the dog and out and about town and Ready to get back into it now.
0: What does get back into it mean
1: to you? Get back into the, the podcast and then the Monday morning routine.
0: Yeah, we missed three games. The uh, two in the east, one in the west, Rangers, Tampa Bay. We expected Tampa Bay to have a bounce back game, game two. Nothing of the sorts, Tim. Nothing of the sorts at all. The Rangers in game two looked strong. They looked really, really good. Tampa, again, it was a carryover from game one. Looks slow looked old, just looked a step behind. Every loose puck, everything was going the Rangers' way. That third line of theirs has just taken over this series. And this is going into game three, but after the first two games, my oh my, Adam Fox looks like the best defenseman on the planet right now. And that's even including Kale McCarr. Every single play that the Rangers had where they were offensively threatening the Tampa Bay Lightning, I would say over half of them, Adam Fox was involved. He was getting in the rush. He was dishing. He was setting up chances. He looked so incredibly dangerous. Every single goal the Rangers got in game two was because of Adam Fox, whether he's dishing and driving the net and drawing a defender, whether he's keeping a play alive, whether he's facilitating, he had the primary assists. I think on three of the four goals. He was, he was incredible. He played very, very well. So going into game three, my, my, I didn't know what to think of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Their streak of 17 in a row, bouncing back after a loss, was gone. Vasilevsky has looked very much human this playoffs. He's not the same guy he was the last two years. He's looked beatable. Some would say maybe subpar at times, especially in this series. The Rangers fans were just all over him. Igor's better. We love Igor. It was they were they were all in on Igor Sturkin. why wouldn't you be the guys played great the first two games so going into game 3 there was a lot of questions around the Tampa Bay Lightning and would you ever doubt they were going to come back strong would you ever doubt that they were going to shift the momentum back to their side and who if you were to pick a guy on Tampa Bay to do that who would you pick? Because coming in game three, they have they have lots of playoff heroes. You got Hedman. You got Vasilevsky. You got Stammer. You got Kucherov. You got Point. You got Palat. You got McDonough. You got Sergachev, You got all these guys who have been around the block and then some. If you're going to pick one, Tim, who, who would be your bet to say, okay, follow me, fellas. I'll lead you in a battle. I will right the ship, this sinking ship. I'll get us going in the right direction.
1: The man who got it done, Nikita Kucherov. He's the guy. He's the guy, and he did it last night. He is an
0: impressive specimen. In a league where it's become the norm for players to just be super skilled, it, in a league where it's become norm for just players to grow up working on toe drags, puck tricks, stick tricks, being patient, not having to be worried about being driven through the boards constantly. Like when I was growing up, he – you had to be worried about just being buried every every second you touched a puck. Kids these days, they grow up because it's not part of the game like it was 15, 20 years ago. You have a little more time. You're not worried about just being murdered anytime you touched a puck. In a league where there's hundreds of guys who are super, super skilled, Kucherov is better than them. Hands down, just from watching a game, the way he handles himself how he is so patient through the neutral zone, how the game just slows down for him. I saw a play where it was it was a, a normal breakup. He, he rolls back. Chernak has the puck. He gives the puck up to Kucherov. Any other player in the NHL, this is a grenade pass. Kucherov's in full stride. Chernak passes it to him on his inside foot on his skate. So he can't pick it up on his back skate and loop it around like we've seen most players do. He casually takes the pass on his frontside skate, flips it up to his, his stick, enters the zone, gets a grade-A chance, so Cherkin makes a great save, but does it in stride full speed, not bothered by a terrible grenade from Chernak. And these are the plays that Kucherov has it's his game-winning pass to Pilat. That's a world-class pass. And oh he does it goodness. so silky smooth no one even knows he touched the puck. That's how smooth it was. It's like, wait, did you have to go back and slow it down? He's like, did he just, did he just do what I think he did? Because it looked like a touch pass, maybe, but no, he gets it, and then he holds it. He draws Shosturkin for that split second, makes him think he's going to shoot. Then he just doop, bumps it over to plot. It, it's it's a beautiful play, and he did it every time he was on the ice, Tim. And we're not talking like there's skilled players all over the ice. The Rangers got Panarin, Zabinijad, Kreider, Fox. They're a skilled team. Tampa Bay, like I said, they have skilled players all through their lineup. And Kucherov just, he's better than all of them. He's better than all of them, Tim. It's not even close. So uh, he took this game over. When when Tampa Bay was looking for somebody, they said, "Cooch, let's go. And they said it after the game. All the guys I listened to, a Stamkos interview, a plot interview, they said, Cooch was different tonight. He he came into this game. He took it over from the start to the finish. He should have had a hat trick. Shostakhin robbed him a few times. But he, he took this game over. His beautiful pass to Stamkos for a bomb one-timer stammer. Unbelievable shot, but even a better pass. His goal to get the game started it was a great game for Kucherov. What did he say? He had one goal, two assists. Stamkos carried the way. One goal, one assist. Hedman, two assists. The guys, they needed to step up, step up. And now we're 2-1. to one. Now it's a whole new series. What do you say, Tim? What's your old saying as far as the playoffs go?
1: I think these were my first words when I was a baby. I said, listen, the series doesn't start until a team loses at home. And they were like, like, baby. Wow, Tim Preach. talk.
0: Tim can talk. He has entered the world and he's dropping knowledge on us right now. And it's the truth because here we are. We have ourselves a series. If Tampa loses this game, it's game over. We saw it in the other, in the Western conference, but let's, what was different in this game to you? Because it wasn't, you know, all said and done, Tampa wins this game. It was a battle. It's two, two going into overtime, 40 seconds left where they get the game winner, what was different from Tampa, though? Because it looked like they had a little better pushback. They controlled the game a little more. They threw everything but the kitchen stink at Shesterka. Like, they were firing rubber from everywhere at him. What was different, Tim, to you?
1: Yeah, well, it started off more of the same. Rangers go up 2-0, and you're like, okay, the Rangers are leading the series 2-0, they're leading this game 2-0. If this continues, we can pretty much say the series is is over. It's being wrapped up. And you never really count the lightning out, but it felt like – it was more of what we had seen in Game One and Two, and then they bounced back. Um, Kucherov, like you said, is 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 the the driving force behind all of these goals, and their best players were their best players. But you look at like the, this this the score sheet, and it seems like the Lightning just outplayed from start to finish, even though they were down to nothing early. Fifty two shots on net they put on Shostakin, as opposed to thirty from the Rangers. So I think the Lightning were just. It was probably more of a, a game of will. Uh, and and knowing you know feeling their backs up against the wall and not wanting to go down, um, and the rain, just the skill it's the skill too. And you know, Vasilevsky was pretty good. Just Durkin was probably the better goal, even though he got the loss. Just all those saves that he had to make. But man, I watched. The, I was watching the game live on uh, yesterday afternoon and seeing that play that that Kucherov made to lot. I think I shouted. I was like, "Whoa, what what was that?" And and not an easy goal by Paladi. He got to go down on one knee. The pucks was sort of, it was just wasn't a, it wasn't a clean shot. And he made it look easy. So, a lot of combination of a lot of different things.
0: Yeah, four power play goals before that. Both power plays are clicking. Very dangerous. You want to stay out of the box if you're both these teams. A lot of goaltender interference penalties. You know, uh, crashing the net. Maybe players consciously trying to get these goalies off their game. We saw Toronto – bull right into Vasilevsky like just didn't even stop just went right into him we saw Perry two-hand Shesterkin in the face maybe not intentional but you with Corey Perry what do you what do you expect they're trying to get in these goaltenders kitchens what do you see for game four coming into game four the Rangers didn't look bad it's not like they played a bad game five on five it looked like Tampa Bay like I said they looked quicker. They looked sharper. I don't know if this was a matter of the matchups. John Cooper got the matchups he liked. I don't know what. Ryan McDonough looked better. Hedman looked better. The defense looked – they looked different from when they were in New York. What do you expect in game four? Do you think the Rangers have have what it takes to, to sneak one out in Tampa Bay and take control of this series?
1: I actually do, and going back to Vasilevsky, something's not right with him, and they haven't said anything. I, he's clearly playing through some kind of injury because, like you said, he's looked human and at times has even looked you know, subpar, below average, and that's not what we've seen from Vasilevsky really ever. So something's going on with him. Meanwhile, Shostakovsky looks... Uh, I want to say he's unbeatable because he just lost. But again, 50 shots on net. He's just he's really good, and the Rangers are so good, so skilled. I underestimated them. You know, in the regular season, of, I think I've underplayed them this entire postseason, and I do think I'm, I'm starting to drink the Kool Aid here. So I could see them bouncing back and, and winning Game Four and trying to sneak it out at home. What do you think?
0: I don't know. Gosh, I want this to be a series, and selfishly, I want Tampa Bay to win. This would be an epic seven-game series, but I'm with you. I I like the Rangers. I like the way they're playing. I I like their defense. Miller has opened my eyes. He's a solid, big-body defenseman. He moves well up and down the ice. He made a beautiful back check on Kucherov when they were – I think they were down a guy. He just picked his pocket, goes the other way with Goodrow. Boy, was I screaming at Goudreau to give it back to Miller. I know Goody hit the far post. He, he slid it right by Vasilevsky. Miller's got a wide open net, and Sorelli's not even taking the passing lane. Go back and watch that play. It's, it's, a, it's a clear-cut two-on-one. Miller gives it across to Goudreau, and Goody shoots. He's got to give it back to Miller. If he does that... It's, it's a wide open net. Rangers go one, up 1 nothing. It was in the first period. It was a beautiful play by Miller. But I just, I like the Rangers defense at this point. They've grown. They're solid. And a guy that doesn't get much praise because you get overshadowed. You got Fox, you get Trubu who does the hits. Miller's a big body. He's been up and down the ice. He scored a couple big goals lately. Lindgren, Ryan Lindgren, has been the unsung hero for these New York Rangers. He does a little bit of everything, he, he gets thrown out there, he plays the hard minutes. And you had some interesting nuggets, Tim, but you found out about Ryan Lindgren.
1: Yeah, this is a hard one for me because the Bruins drafted him. Um, He never played in Boston, but I've been watching him in this series and this whole playoff run. He looked really good. He's tough. We've had several moments throughout the last couple of weeks where he's gone down the tunnel after, after getting jammed up in the corner or blocking a shot. And you can see him come back after a shift or two. Like he's just, he's he's nails. So I saw a great uh, tweet last night. I forget who put it out there, but Lindgren and among other players is all related back to the Rick Nash trade from 2018. And so Rick Nash was traded from the Rangers expiring contract to the Bruins. Um, He did okay. He was fine. Nothing, nothing good for Boston. And this is what they got in return. They got Ryan Lindgren, who's obviously a huge part of this team. Now they got a first round pick, which they use on Kay Andre Miller, who we just talked about another big part of their defense. And they got Ryan Spooner. Uh, Yeah, no big deal. Didn't work out. And then they flipped him. To Edmonton for Ryan Strom. So, three huge pieces of this Rangers roster all came off that Rick Nash trade. And so the Rangers, you know, that, they played the long game. They knew they wouldn't be contenders for a couple of years, but now it's looking really good for them.
0: That's got to sting the nostrils if you're a Bruins fan. My oh my! Like two, <laughs> it's not like great. one one a defenseman, Keandre Miller. He's a good defenseman. He is good. a good defenseman. The way he moves, the way he just composes himself when he gets the puck. He he's a
1: good he's little so player. long too. He's actually yeah little. He's, he's six to five. Check. Oh
0: yeah. Their defense, if they keep these guys around him they'll be the best decor for the next five to ten years. Or at least top three. They're so incredibly good. There's no weaknesses there.
1: What do you think? What's your take on the Jacob Truba stuff? Um it seems like obviously we talked about some of the big hits over the last month or two, but people are saying he's, he's out there trying to hurt other guys. He's trying to, he's intentionally targeting. He's trying to blow people up and he's getting a little bit of a reputation as a dirty player. And I think uh, it was Wyshynski yesterday tweeted out like, Hey, the Rangers are saying he's not out there trying to hurt anyone, but at the same time he is out there hurting people. What do you, what do you make of all this? Are you cool with what he's done? Yeah.
0: Why would you not be? Do you, I- you go out there and you try to hit somebody as hard as you can physically hit them. I don't know what you want somebody to do. It, it, I, I don't know. I think it's fine. I think he's playing the game the right way. Do you want someone going out there and in the back of their mind before they make a hit, they go, Oh, I, I shouldn't maybe hit him as hard as I could. It changes the way you play the game. I think it ruined football. Football's hard to watch now because they, they have put handcuffs on linebackers and cornerbacks and defensive ends because okay I, I can't hit the quarterback as hard as i want to i can't i can't hit a receiver as hard as i want to and the same happens for defensemen when they have a, a vulnerable forward who's made a mistake cutting through the middle or whatever and their head's down it's like i i can't hit this guy as hard as i want to
1: yeah but it's it's the he's, he's targeting the head there's multiple hits in this playoff where so he's gone after a guy right in the head and it's that's the part that people are, are upset about. I understand, like, establishing your presence. And Who has he hit in the head? Multiple players. Who? Uh, Jar- Jarvis, for one. It was a clean hit. Mm, John Scott's. Clean eyes. Hit. And John Scott's Louis Erickson hit. In the NHL side. Yes. Yeah.
0: Did, did he get suspended well, for any of these hits?
1: No. 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 Case closed.
0: He Yes, the, the head is a part of the body the last time I checked. And it's impossible. It's just like cornerbacks in football. It's like okay, you can't hit their head. So now what do we do? Now we're just going to start blasting guys' ankles and knees, and we're going to just ruin guys' careers because we're just going to bust their knees all up. You you are going to hit a part of the head if you body check somebody. It's just the nature of physics. Jarvis was five foot ten. Troob was probably six one, six two. When he finishes that check, the head's going to get hit. I buried Mikhail Grabovsky when he was with the Islanders. I glided into him. I was going like one mile an hour, and I blew him up, and I hit his head. What do you want me to do? I'm 6'8". He's 5'11". It's just the nature of the beast and for who he's targeting the heads. Crosby shifted his head right at the last second, and Truba clipped him in the head. He buried Jarvis. He buried Domi. Those guys are smaller, and Truba just followed through the check. It's not like he's running around with his elbow out and elbowing guys in the head. He's playing hockey the hard way. This is, it's a physical game. Not going to have anything of it on my show, Tim. Not, no, not going to happen.
1: So the hit on Crosby, the hit on Jarvis, the yep. hit on Domey. Yeah, yeah. There are more. It's just it's it's a recurring pattern. I just I don't know. I'm not. I'm just. I'm just. I'm facilitating the conversation. It's, it's a point that's being brought up every single time the Rangers play. Now is Truba crossing the line. Uh I'm fine with it probably. I like the I like the big hits, but I, you know, you can watch him he, he does he does target it looks like.
0: It's not like he's actively going out targeting heads. He's playing physical. And if people want to say he's targeting, he's targeting, whatever. He's a, he's a physical defenseman. And if he changes his game, he's not as effective. So the same thing you're talking to Scott Stevens. Oh, you uh, buried Paul Career, you buried Eric Lindros. Are you worried? Are you this or are you that? He's like, "No. Those guys want to step across the zone. Guess what?" Here comes big old Scott Stevens, and here comes Jake Truba. He's a game changer. He has changed how people enter the zone, and you should be feared because do you really want to get blown up cutting across the middle of the ice? I don't think so. It's a scary thing to think about when you're a forward coming into the New York Rangers zone. So you better not come through the middle. Take it down. Take it on the boards. Be less effective. It, It changes how you play the game. And Jacob Truba has done that. He's done a perfect job of that. Then you got Ryan Reeves back checking, Barclay Goodrill back checking. These guys, the Rangers are a physical team. Keandre Miller's physical. They have a, a, a big bodied team and ugh, people complaining about it. Get over it. It's a joke. It's, it's the people who wish they were on his team. I, I, I would love a Jake Truba on any team I coach if I ever coach, which I never will, because it's a terrible job. But um, I don't like that. Whoever's complaining about that, you're, you're wrong. You're wrong. In every single way, argument. He's he's a good hockey player. Leave the boy alone, for Pete's sake.
1: Okay, you heard it here, Jay True. Yeah, clean hitter. He's a good clean hitter. I don't
0: even understand. He's never targeted a head. The one, the one that could be potentially an argument is the Crosby one. But Crosby switches his head location. True was already committed, and he kind of clips his head. That won him the series. I said it before, a couple weeks ago, he won them two series. He won them the Pittsburgh series, and he won them the Carolina series. He hasn't yet made a huge impact on this series that we can see on paper. But the Lightning aren't scoring as much. They're not going through the neutral zone as quick as they usually do. Maybe they're second-guessing. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe Big Jake is going to take our head off if we come through the neutral zone. All right, let's get to the other series, if you even want to call it that, the other teams playing, because it has been a lopsided of the fair Tim same situation to nothing going home. The Edmonton Oilers can't feel good about yourself leaving Colorado completely worked in game Two, shut out for nothing. I think in all facets of the game, it was just a complete domination by Colorado. Mike Smith, all things taken into account. He's looked okay. Game one, Couple weak ones. We we documented that game two, even giving up four. I don't think it was his fault. I think Mike Smith has played okay. Fast forward to game three. I wanted Koskinen to go in. Whatever. I don't think it would matter. I think Colorado is that strong of a team. Where's Connor McDavid? Where's Dryan Seidel? Where's Evander Kane? Where are all of the hot shot top guns that got you through the Calgary series and Flying Colors? They dominated the whole series. The whole debate was, can one line win you a Stanley Cup? What happened to a team sport? Is Connor McDavid defying the odds and just reinventing how you win a Stanley Cup? Can he do this? He is setting records with points. No, you can't. That, that, that question has been answered emphatically by the Colorado Avalanche. No, you cannot be a one-line team and win a series, let alone win a Stanley Cup. Because the Avalanche, has, have, they've taken McDavid out of the game. They've taken dry inside a lot of the series. Evander Kane, a guy who was scoring goals at will the first two series, is, is invisible. He's invisible. The only, the only blip on the radar in game three is when he took out Nazim Khadri, and we'll get that to that in a second. But in game, game three, it started out good for Edmonton, Tim. McDavid gets on the board in the first minute. Edmonton's up one nothing. That was the high point of the game for that. After that, it was all called it, yeah. it, it was downhill from there. It it was every single sequence of the game in my mind was for Colorado. The four check, the back check, the neutral zone, the special teams, the hits, everything was for Colorado. They were a dominant team. If it wasn't for, I I, I can't believe I'm saying this. If it wasn't for Mike Smith, this game would have been over way before the third period when Colorado got, got one late and then gets, gets the empty netter. Mike Smith played terrific in this game. He was strong. He was confident. He played well, and he had to because Colorado was just dominating this game, and they did it without Nazim Kadri. What did you think of this hit, Tim? You talk about Jacob Trouba. He's going after the head. We're so worried about physical contact. What did you think about this hit by Evander Kane on
1: Nazim Kadri? It's it's about as bad as it gets to me. It's the combination of. The distance they are from the boards, the body position of both Kadri and Kane, the angle that they take, the, the time of it where it's like you can see this play developing. This wasn't a last minute turned his head or something. Everything just added up to this being a horrible decision by Evander. I think if it was a regular season, it would be a lot more, um, a lot more, a stronger penalty, more than one game. I think he probably should have gotten more than one game. And and honestly, I, I don't know. I know Kadri's the kind of guy that gets under your skin. It's kind of the other teams hate. They hate to play against. They they want to hurt him. They want to beat him up. So I, I don't know if that was McKinnon, whether the Kane follows through the same way that he did, but he did on Kadri. I thought it was a horrible hit. I thought he should have gotten more than one game and par for the course for Evander Kane. It sucks because Kadri's been playing so well and, and every other year it seems like he's, he's usually out in the playoffs whether with a suspension or something, and now he's finally got his head down and he's staying on the right side of the line and he's producing like crazy and he's still out even though he's done everything correct, which is just a bummer.
0: Yeah, it's a disgusting hit. And I say that with all the, the meaning of disgusting. It made me sick to my stomach when I saw that hit. You yeah. can really oh. seriously injure somebody. Like, he really did. seriously injure somebody. Like, like long-term. Yes, I don't know what's wrong with his hand or his wrist or whatever it is. He's probably done for a while. But, boy, oh, boy, Evander Kane. Just when you think, and and this is, a leopard never changes his stripes. Just when you think, you know, someone's changed a little bit. Like, okay, he's playing with McDavid. He's got this massive great opportunity. He goes and makes a hit like this. And you, oh, okay, okay. He, he he's still a dirtbag. okay gotcha ching i forgot for a second no it's still a vander he's still a douche my bad he's back okay good and he just does this hit and it's just like they got the momentum they're up one nothing the fan the fans are rocking everybody's you know here we go this is our game we're gonna we're gonna you know right the ship here no we're killing a penalty we're down five four and even if they don't score which they didn't it still changes the momentum of a game because you give Colorado time to settle into the game. It takes the crowd out of it. You get the Colorado skill guys used to the puck. You sit Connor McDavid down for five minutes because I don't think he kills penalties that often. You sit dry and settle down for five minutes. I don't think I want him out there blocking shots. It changes the whole aspect of the game. And it's just, a, it's an unnecessary play. You're for checking just leave him be just don't touch him or just, it's a dirty play. It's a really dirty play.
1: I saw a great comment that is before the suspension news came through. I think it was probably the night of, of the hit. And someone said, Evander Kane going to be the first player who gets a $5,000 fine and have trouble paying it.
0: <laughs> He's going to have to, <laughs> I'm bankrupt. I can't afford it. I don't get paid in the Connor. playoffs. Connor. I don't. I need need your help? Come on, bro. But you know, in a, I know we're joking, but it was a dirty hit. It's a dangerous hit. I think it's the most dangerous place on the ice. Everybody talks about it. Caudry's going in. He's not thinking he's going to get pushed from behind. He pushes him. It might seem innocuous. It might, it might seem just he gave him a little shove. It's a dangerous play. He should have gotten more than one game. The reason he didn't, because it wasn't a headshot. shot. Qadri's not too injured. That's the reason he didn't get kicked out, kicked out of the game, because in those plays, they look at a few things. Is he injured? Was it a headshot? Was it this and that? And He, he got a five-minute play. Boarding rightfully so he should have got a couple more games and I th- I think he got who cares we're moving on to game four he won't even get a chance to play in the playoffs again because I think Colorado is going to finish his so it's uh it's too bad it was a good run for Edmonton I was on their show like I mentioned last show on Friday these guys are happy they made it this far you know yeah, I- they should be they should be happy. They got by an LA team that had no business being in the playoffs. Calgary, for whatever was in the team that they were in the regular season. Now we're, we're truly seeing how good the Pacific division is because Colorado is just walking <laughs> through this series. It's not, even, it's not even close. It's not even close. Edmonton, in their defense, had a chance to win this game. You know, it, it, it's so funny how it's a game of inches. They're on the power play, it's tied 2 2. They have a chance to win the game. Bouchard rings one off the post. The puck gets chipped out. Bouchard gets out-battled by a JT Comfort coming out of the box. Maybe Bouchard's tired. I don't know what the circumstances are. But Bouchard's got him by at least four inches and probably 20, 30 pounds. Comfort just throws him into the boards, picks the puck up, squeaks squeaks one through Mike Smith's leg. Game over 3-2. Colorado goes on to get an empty netter. It's just those little things. It's like, where's your compete level? This is a crucial part of the game. Maybe he's upset he didn't score, hits the post, but it's just like you can't let some little guy just throw you into the boards. Is that not embarrassing, Tim?
1: I wrote down the word emasculating. I, and so it was the end of the power play. I think maybe he was a little tired. Um, Comfer obviously was, was fresh. He came right out of the box. But still, like, you got a player right in your face. And, and Bouchard had the better position. And Comfer said, listen, I'm stronger than you. I'm faster than you. And now I'm going to score the game-winning goal right in your face that's what that's what happened to bouchard that's a, that's a tough one like you don't look in the mirror till the next day like, you, you don't want to see what you're looking at that's that's a hard one to swallow It's
0: like in basketball when you get dunked on it's like yeah. you' you're going for a puck, both of you, and the guy just like he it just beat it nerd like i am taking this puck like this is my and yes, it was a bad goal. Smitty should have saved it, but boy it's a bad look on bouchard it's it's a Bad luck on the Edmonton Oilers. Because that little play, that's a microcosm of the Edmonton Oilers. They don't want it as much as another team. They seem to want to take the easy route. And I think they tried to address that this offseason. They brought in Hyman. They brought in Duncan Keith, who's got a little sandpaper to his game and has been through battles. But that play is a microcosm of just the Edmonton Oilers. Connor McDavid's been... People have thought he's done this, maybe, you know, not back-checking hard enough, taking the easy pass. You saw it on the empty net goal. Drein just haphazardly throws a pass across to McDavid and it just gets picked off. It's a bad pass. Everybody's stationary at the blue line. You you chip that in and you let those guys who are forechecking go and get it. And you see Drein he throws it across, ranton and picks it off, and he goes, oh, my bad. Connor McDavid goes to the bench. He's raising his hands like, what are we doing? What was that? They don't want to do the hard things consistently, to me, in my eyes. And that's why they'll never win a Stanley Cup with this group. They had a good run this year. It was fun. You know, live it up while it's here because they will not get this far, I think, in a long time. They still have huge question marks. They they got gifted this third round appearance in the Western Conference Finals. But you know what? You're your, your Cinder the, the slipper's gone, Cinderella. It, it, it's time to go. You, you're going to turn back into a pumpkin. They're going to be swept series over. That's it, Edmonton Oilers, pack it up. Colorado, they, boy, oh, boy, they're a strong team, Tim. They're an absolutely strong team. Even, even getting a win when their goaltender was shaky. He had one good save on McDavid right at the end there that, that was a great save. Other than that, I think both goals that Edmonton scored were not good, not good at all. Like, the McLeod goal was just, or Ryan, was it McLeod or Ryan? McLeod. Yeah, it was a strange goal. It was a terrible goal. It, it, it was a half dump in where he just threw it on net and he not that screened, was, not hard shot, just missed
1: it. Just did That was a men's see. league goal where like, It was. You got like an older guy who knows the goal. He stalks. He just goes in and fires it high and he's just like, he turns around before he even sees it go in because he knows it's going in. That's what kind of yeah. goal it was.
0: It was a bad goal. And even, even that gifted him a goal. McDavid's goal right off the bat wasn't a great goal either. With those no. two gifted goals, they still can't overcome just how strong Colorado is. The series is over. Do you think Edmonton Tim? Don't say they have any chance, please. It's no. over.
1: <laughs> no, I honestly don't even like them to win game four. Um, but no, but going back to it's Franco's, by the way. I learned over the weekend. That's how you say it Franco's or Franco's. Uh, but you don't know.
0: You I'm don't know. Things. You just said François. two different
1: pronunciations Franco's. Franco's. I thought it was Francois. That's, yeah, it's not. But regardless, those two goals, uh, he's, played, he's played pretty well, but those two goals, they make you a little bit nervous for the finals, assuming that they make it in a couple of weeks. Um, the Rangers and Lightning have better goalies than that, obviously, and they have better shooters and probably at least top to bottom than the Oilers do. Is Francois going to be enough to get them past those two teams?
0: Tim, what have I said before? What do you need in order to win a Stanley Cup?
1: You need scoring wingers and uh, puck moving. Well,
0: strength down the middle and good defensemen. Now, the big thing here is, does Qadri work back into the lineup for the Stanley Cup final? If Qadri does not work his way back into the lineup, Colorado will be an underdog because you can't all of a sudden, okay, we're going to put JT Comfort in the second line center role. That affects that whole line. Qadri is so dangerous. That affects and That affects Lichenen. That weakens your whole entire team. So it, it is all dependent on Qadri. But if Qadri's there, you got McKinnon, you got Qadri, you got Comfort. We saw what he can do. He just manhandled Bouchard. And you got Darren Helm, a veteran who knows how to play the game. He's dangerous at times, but he's not going to, you know, give up any glaring chances against. And you're everybody knows about Colorado's back end. You got Tays McCarr, Johnson, Manson, Johnson, Byron, Boehm, Bowen, Byron. They're dangerous. So I don't think a goaltender's, you know, gives them that much of an advantage either way. Yes, it would be nice to have your starter. It would be nice if he was a net. I don't think uh Pavel's gonna be that much of a detriment to this team, even letting in a couple bad goals. I think Colorado's so strong. But yes, Caudry, big loss. And then don't forget about Samuel Gerard. He's a big loss as well. If they play a team like Tampa Bay, who gosh, they're good. But I don't know who we're gonna play in the Eastern Conference yet, Tim. Because it's a, it's a long time coming. The one thing Colorado does have, and we're seeing in this series, and you picked up on this, a little bit of depth. It's not just the top guys producing. Who's uh, who's showing up for Colorado, Tim?
1: Yeah. Um, when they went down early with McDavid and they bounced back, they get a goal from Nachuskin. They got a second goal from Nachuskin. He honestly should have had a third. There's a great save by Mike Smith on a two-on-one. You obviously, you got the goal from J.T. Comfort, who has five goals in his last four games played. Like, they're getting scoring up and down the lineup, which is pretty good. And they're getting some scoring from the back end as well. We saw a Manson goal earlier this series. We've seen, obviously, Kale McCarr do his thing. Um, they're deep. There's no, there's no doubt about that.
0: They are. Uh, they're going to be good. They're a hard team to, to put out. Colorado's a real deal. This could be the year that they finally get that monkey off their back and win a Stanley Cup. It would be great. I would love to see it. But let's, uh, you know, let's stay tuned. They play tonight, game four. Who do you got, Tim? Let's do our points bet right now. Points bet, Ontario. Points bet, Canada. They're fantastic. Check it out. Do points bet and bet these picks right now because you're going to win a ton of money from Tim. And Tim loves making people money.
1: Who do you yeah, I'm going, to make it, I'm going to make it interesting. I like Colorado to win, to complete the sweep. By the way, no team has done two sweeps in a single playoff run since 2003. The Anaheim Mighty Ducks. Um, little fun facts. But that I was like,
0: fun. <laughs> I'm having fun.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I like Colorado and I like Cale McCart to score a goal tonight. Give me both of them.
0: Cale McCart to action. score a goal and Colorado Avalanche for the win. I like Colorado for the win, and I don't think Evander Kane's gonna get anything. Those are my two picks.
1: He's not playing. He's got one I game. I know. I know. That's my oh, bet. That was a humor. That was a fun. That was a humor joke.
0: Yeah, don't send me mean tweets. I don't. It, it affects <laughs> me. I don't want to hear it, you guys. That's my dad joke of the day. So beat it. And then we got Bye. on Tuesday, Tim. We got Rangers Lightning. Who do you got on that?
1: I like the Rangers. Yeah, Rangers and Zabana at the score. He's, He's been on so a good. He's been on a. Those one timers are incredible. Oh. Who's who would
0: you who would you want for a one timer? far side, him or Stamkos on the power play. Who were you taking out of the two of them? Yes, that's what I just asked.
1: Well, yeah, I thought you might have crossed the whole league though. Uh, no, I said right Zabana or Stamp Cup? Zabana Jad. Yeah, it's cool. Well, let's bring
0: in Brett Hall too. Who do you want? Brett Hall?
1: Well, I, <laughs> Ovechkin would be my pick, obviously, still. But yeah, Zabana Jad.
0: Yeah, he's got a lethal one-timer. I like it, even though Stammer's one-timer from Kucherov's pass was pretty legit. <laughs> that was pretty good. Those are cool goals. It's just like it's fun to watch. Just bing, bing, and then you see this, the twine tickle. I've never had one of those in a game, but, boy, imagine. I, I could imagine what it would feel like. But, yeah, I'm going to go with the Lightning. I think they're going to bounce back again, make this a series 2-2, two, two, going back to the, the Madison Swag and make it a best of three. How fun would that be? I hope so. But, uh yeah. I don't know. All right. What else we got, Tim? You want to talk about Bergeron winning the Selkie? How fun that is.
1: Oh, that's great. But I, I want to ask, did you get any new uh, hummingbird updates over the weekend that people want to know? Do they? Yes. <laughs> you wouldn't believe how many p- comments we got about that. Um, No
0: updates. It was, a, it was a long weekend. I wasn't at the house a lot. We uh, on Sunday, we, my my wife, because we have things going on for the next two weekends, she did a pseudo Father's Day morning for me on Sunday. And so I didn't have a chance to stake out the hummingbird feeder in the morning. And then we went to church and then we went to the graduation party. And then I was gassed and I just came home and I was like, I'm done. like, And I just shut her down and I didn't have a chance to hang out with my buddy. So I will give everyone an update on Wednesday. I think I have to make more sugar water. So I'm going to maybe do that tonight. And I'm going to do a quarter cup of sugar and then one cup of water. The key is when you're making it, you don't just mix them together and then just throw it in there. You have to boil the water, get the water to a boil and then add the sugar. And for whatever reason, that activates something in the sugar and it gets completely dissolved. And then you let it cool down because you don't want to hurt the hummingbird's little beak. Then you pour it in there and then the hummingbirds like it a lot. So I'm going to do that tonight. So there you go. And I'm going to get my sugar from DoorDash because we forgot to do the DoorDash ad, ad. So I'll probably just hop on DoorDash and get myself some sugar. And you should too. DoorDash, GlovesDD, get some promo codes. Right, Tim? We really calmed it down at the end of the show.
1: That is really correct. That was beautiful, John. Thank you for that. Really, really
0: it on a strong note. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We appreciate it. Um, give us a like. Smash the like button. And we'll see you guys on Wednesdays. Cheers, everybody. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode.
1: Delivered by DoorDash.